How's it going, everyone? Thank you so much for working the podcast into your life, wherever you listen. Apple, Spotify, Amazon. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. As always, trying to bring you on over to golongtd.com. Hopefully, a lot of listeners caught our profile on Trent Sherfield a couple weeks ago ahead of free agency. Had the opportunity to, to chat with the wide receiver for a story, and he was unbelievable. Really opened up on his experiences with Arizona, San Francisco, Miami, really taking it back further than that to his his roots growing up about a, a few hours south of Chicago. Just incredible story. And, you know, with him signing with those Buffalo Bills right here in the backyard, I thought it'd be a good idea to include the full conversation here on the podcast. So if you want to hear Trent Sherfield for yourself, here he is. I think the Bills are getting... Of course, a hell of a receiver, somebody who blocks, who makes the tough catches across the middle, but just an unreal worker from high school. You know, he got his chance just from a cold DM to a, I'm sorry, to a seven on seven coach. And that really opened up the door, gets to Vanderbilt, busts his ass there, uh, undrafted. And, and as he explains, um, earned the job, earned starting jobs with Arizona and San Francisco and politics got in the way. I mean, he's kind of been screwed over um, through his career. Finally got a shot with Miami with a coach who believes in him and it, and it worked out. And now he's in Buffalo with a chance to be a part of an offense that can put up a lot of points. Let's face it, an offense that should have its pedal to the metal in 2023. They've, they've got to really kind of lean into being the juggernaut that they've been at times. So I think Trent Sherfield has a role in the locker room on the field and the fans are really going to love this guy. Uh, so here's the conversation. Hope you enjoy. Be sure to share the podcast with a friend, rate, review, and above all, we'd love it if you subscribe to golongtd.com monthly, annual. Uh, would love it if you joined our community today. All righty. Enjoy Trent Sherfield, everyone. take you all the way back um I mean I started playing I started playing football at the age um at the age of five um you know literally youth peewee football um my uncles my uncles played a lot my uncles played sports so that's kind of where I got that's kind of where I gravitated towards um you know playing sports because my uncles were really heavy into sports um my uncles um uh they they went and played division they wouldn't play collegiate basketball and collegiate baseball. And, um, you know, it was something that I knew that I wanted to do, uh, just seeing them, um, being able to see, you know, getting, you know, getting college letters and all those things to the house. And it just, you know, seeing those letters really uh, kind of motivated me to, you know, want to, you know, go and do it. And so when I was around my uncles at a very young age, they were always around. But um, as they, when they went to college, they obviously were only coming back for, you know, Christmas break and Thanksgiving and stuff like that. So it was kind of like, dang, well, this is what I'm supposed to do too, you know, seeing them, you know. So, um, you know, I kind of just took it, you know, going, you know, obviously still playing football all the way through, you know, uh, high school and everything like that. Um, you know, where, where I'm, where I'm from, you know, 
um, a lot of, um, it's, it's not like a, it's a small, it's a rural town. And so a lot of, um, a lot of colleges are not coming through to, you know, watch, watch guys play, you know? And so what I had to do was, um, my mom would actually drive me from, um, uh, cause I'm two hours South of Chicago. Um, and so my mom would drive me to Chicago to go and do and compete in seven on seven tournaments and, you know, compete with the best of the best, um, in Chicago. So then that way I started to get, you know, recognition and things like that. And so that's kind of where I, like, I gained my recognition from was, you know, being on one of the top seven on seven teams in, uh, Illinois at the time. And, um, you know, so I got, I, I drew the interest from there and then obviously, you know, the high school tape and everything like that, um, going to camps and all those different things, hitting the camp circuit. So I really had to hit it hard. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't have the luxury of just playing, you know, uh, high school ball and, you know, college coaches coming to watch me play. Like it, it wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't, it was, it wasn't, it just, it just, just it's never, never been heard of. And so, um, you know, I'll never forget James, because I committed to Vanderbilt. I'll never forget James Franklin pulled up uh, to my high school. And it was so dope because, like, you know, a lot of the, and it was like a, it was, it was a really cool feeling because not just, not just because it was for me, but I think it kind of gave everybody around me that was on my team hope that, you know, man, like college coaches can come and, you know, you know, watch us play. Now, granted, he didn't come watch me play. It was, it was kind of more of a, he, we were doing a walkthrough um, at that time. And he had came and he, you know, he watched and talked to the coaches and stuff like that. And so it was really, really cool, man. And, um, you know, neither here nor there, um, you know, had to go to Chicago and, you know, compete with the best of the best. And um, I'll tell you a quick story, bro. Um, the reason I even got on the 707 team um, was because I actually had cold DM'd um, uh, Paul, Paul Snezny. I don't know. I don't know how to spell his last name, but Paul Snezny, he was the, um, you can just call him Paul, but Paul was the, um, he was the head coach of the 707 team. It was called Core Six Athletes. And um, I cold DM'd him and I was just like, man, you know, how can I, you know, um, try out for the team? You know, I want to be a part of whatever it may be. And he he got back to me and he was like, um, you know, we're going to Ohio State, you know, for a camp. And, you know, I, you know, you, you know, um, you could come or whatever. And I was like, OK, how how how, how am I going to get to Chicago? Nobody was able. No, my, my mom was working at the time. I think my grandmother was working at the time and nobody was able to take me to Chicago. And so. I ended up hitting up one of my um one of my kind of like my mentors, uh, Denver Brigham, uh, who actually drove me to a Taco Bell. So they they actually met me. I can't remember where exactly where it was, but the the core six team they met me at the at a at a local Taco Bell. Got in the van, drove down to Ohio State, and that's kind of where like I made my mark. You know, like I think it was kind of like my tryout. You know, yeah. uh, for the team and. It was like the first time me being in like a collegiate stadium, um, you know, competing and going up against the best of the best. And it was like, bro, like, this is what I want to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, it kind of opened my eyes. Like, man, like, I got to go to school for playing ball. You know, like, I, I knew I knew before that I wanted I wanted to do it. But um, when I when when I did that, it was like, OK, this is this is real. Like, this is something that I really want to do. And so and the, the cool thing about it was, too, it was kind of like a. Um, I think it was like a Saturday Friday or Saturday night, Saturday night light under the lights type of camp. So it was dope, bro. We were in the stadium, like it was, it was dark outside. Lights was on. We were doing one on ones and you know all the stuff that you normally do. And 
man, when I came back home, it was just like I had got like a breath of fresh air, bro. And it was just like, man, like my whole world had just like opened up. You know what I'm saying? It was just like, man, like I can really do this. And so I always knew I wanted to play in the league. Um, but I always knew that like collegially, collegiate wise, like it was something that I, you know, that I had to do first. And so for me, like me going to college, me going to college was like a huge step in its own, um, you know, because how hard it, how hard it is to go to, you know, get a scholarship and, you know, come from where I come from and be able to go do that. That was a big, that was a, you know, big accomplishment in itself. Um, but um, you know, even when I was, when I was growing up, you know, I would get college letters, bro. And I would literally just pin them like around my room. Like I just yeah. would just, yeah, like just pin them all around my room. And like my whole room was just had just letters from all type of schools, you know, even if they weren't interested, you know what I'm saying? Like, but it was just me waking up every single day and seeing all those letters. It was like, okay, this is, you know, it's just kind of like that, that reoccurring, you know, um, that reoccurring just thought like, okay, like this is this is what you this is this is what we're going to get. This is what we're working. Even for. if it wasn't an offer, just that it could have been. Even a if it wasn't an offer, even if it wasn't an offer, like I kept, I just, I, I pinned them, I pinned them so so much on my wall that it got to the point where I ran out of room, you know, on my wall, <laughs> and I just kept this, I kept this uh binder of well not a binder but like a crate full of letters underneath my underneath my bed, and um. I would always just go in and just kind of just dig through it. But it was just so like, I don't know, bro. Like it, for me, it was like, man, like I'm really getting college letters because I always see my uncles get those college letters. Yeah. So you ripped the uh, Illinois baseball. Yeah, I, ripped, I ripped his, I ripped his, I ripped, I ripped my uncle's up. I ripped it open. Cause I'm like, hold on. Like, they You're like middle school. Like what, what, what yeah, I was this? just in middle school. Yeah. I was just in middle school. And I seen, I seen the university of Illinois, and I seen it was for, you know, I seen it was for my uncle and, you know, I, I opened it. I'm like, man, like, you know, it kind of, you know, how it always says, like, hey, you know, we're interested in, you know, you playing for us and whatever it may be. And I'm like, whoa, that's that's pretty cool. Like I had some I had some recollection recollection of what obviously what it meant to go, you know, go play Division One sports. So, like, that's why I opened it. And so I'm like, man, dang, like he's really like getting, you know, you know, interest from schools. And so. When I got my first one, it was from Iowa State, bro. I got my first letter from Iowa State. My mom gave it to me, bro. And when I seen it, I literally ran down the street, like, with just so much excitement because it was like, okay, this is starting. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. people are starting to notice that I can play, and, you know, all those different things. And so, um, but, yeah, I will always keep letters underneath. And I, st- I still think my mom has all the letters that I've that I've. Um, that I've gotten. What, what kind of letters would they be, though? So, like, they would, are there so some they would, offers, some just kind of so, how you so, doing? So, so normally, so normally, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure how they do it now, um, but you you never really see for me. I don't even think that I got official. I got about two or three D three letters, and uh, that, yeah, that was about I'm not, it. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't. I can't remember if I if I if I got like handwritten offer letters. I just always remember saying like going to the university, and they would be like, "Look, we're offering you." You know what I'm saying? So I don't know if I actually got like handwritten offer letters, but I think by that time, before I even had got my first offer, I already had like a bunch of letters pinned on my wall anyway. And so, um, so yeah, I, I would just, I would just pin them up, bro. Like it didn't matter what they said. Like it it didn't matter. And so, um, uh, schools like, across the country, like any it, that it didn't matter. Like it didn't matter, but they all had to be division one. Like that was the, okay. that was the only way that you made the wall was that you were a division one school. Cause that was like, 
you know, my, it was like this whole like hashtag D, D1 bound thing, you know, growing up, like when I was in high school, it was like, it was cool to say you were going D1, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, so yeah, man, like my, my, my favorite, my, the college that I wanted to go to was Alabama. That was the college I really, really wanted to go to. Um, Cause at that time I wanted to play in the SEC at that time. It was more like, you know, if you're playing in the SEC, you're balling, like you're going to the league, like no, no questions asked. Now it's, you know, Talent is everywhere. They're going to find you. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. So um, I remember I got a letter from, um, and I, I'll tell you another story. Um, when I was in high school, um, we would, we would have, um, I would have like a free period. And so that free period, I basically was kind of like a mail runner that like I would take people, you know, take teachers, their mail or, you know, students or whatever it may be. And so what I did was I knew that I, I knew that I was getting college letters to my high school. And so what I did was I, I did, I was basically the mail runner for my football, my football coach. And so all those letters would go to him. And so I made sure that I was the, the, the runner for him because whenever those letters would come in, I knew that they was coming right to me. I always, I always, see them, you know what I'm saying? So like, it was just something that just so infatuating about those letters, man. I kind of, and it's, there's a reason why, like I always, you know, why, why I, you know, put so much, like, put so much faith in, like, thought into those letters because, like, my uncle was really big on, you know, uh, writing his goals down and, um, you know, kind of speaking things. And I come from a, I come from a, um, a Christian background, you know, my, my grandmother, you know, raised in the church and everything like that. So I'm a strong believer, um, you know, in having faith and, you know, writing things down and, um, you know, um, believing in God for what you want and, you know, all those different things. And so um, that, I think that's kind of where I got that from because when I was, when I was growing up, my uncle, he would always write his goals down. He's playing baseball. He would always say, you know, I'm going to do this. I want to do this. I want to go to the MLB, this, that, and the third. And so I would always see those. And so it kind of ingrained that into me. And so that's why that was kind of like the reason for pinning those, those letters across, you know, um, across the walls of my room was because, you know, that was me kind of like speaking it into speaking into fruition, you know, that, you know, this is going to happen. And um, so, yeah. So science behind that too. Like if you just speak positively, put it out into the atmosphere, let alone put it on your wall, like there it's proven you, you increase the likelihood of that outcome. Absolutely. X, X percentage, right? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure, man. So um, you know, I did at the time, I didn't really know like what I was doing, you know, but it was just like, I just seen him doing it. So I'm like, shoot, like, I want to do it, you know? And so, and, and also it's kind of like a sense of, of, of accomplishment for me too. Like, I, I feel like even if I didn't get an offer or if I didn't, you know, get to go to college, like getting those letters was like a huge blessing for me anyway. You know what I'm saying? Being able to have all yeah. those letters. So, you know, um, but back to the story, you know, I, I would take, I would take those, I would take those letters and I was a mail runner. So I would, I was the first one to get my mail, you know, every single time I didn't want nobody touching my mail. I'm, I want it, you know what I'm saying? Especially, especially coming from a college. And so, um, so yeah, I remember I got my first letter from, um, from Alabama, bro. And I was like, man, like, bro, like that, that, that was, I think that was like the, probably one of the last, the last few letters that I got was from Alabama. Like he didn't say like, Hey, like, you know, we're, you know, we're interested. I mean, we didn't say like, Hey, we want to offer you or anything like that. It was just like saying like, Hey, like we see you and blase, blase, whatever it may be. And like, that was, that was like crazy for me, bro. Because like, dang, like they see me, you know what I'm saying? And so, 
Um, so you weren't you weren't disappointed that they weren't like here's no, an offer out of super no Friday. I wasn't I wasn't disappointed at all like that that for me was like dang like you know because I think for me I kind of realized okay I might not be able to go to Alabama because down that time when I got that when I got that letter I already had accumulated like a bunch of offers um, from like a lot of Big Ten schools from you know the U of I Penn State and everything like that and so um, I had it was just kind of like you know at that at that point it was like you know I, you know I got a letter from him but. You know, I had Vandy that had offered me who was who was in the SEC, and I was like, you know what, I can go to Vandy, and I can play against Alabama, you know. So I, I'll just do it like that. And so, um, I got the got the offer from Vandy, went to Vandy, um, and then that's when I, when I got to Vandy, um, is when um, you know, kind of the the NFL kind of you know really started coming into the picture. Um, you know, I, it's crazy because I I committed to Vandy as a defensive back, um. And so I got to Vandy, switched over uh, to receiver under James Franklin. James Franklin gets the Penn State Penn State job, leaves to go to Penn State. All of the all of our uh, all of our commitments go to Penn State, or they go to University of Tennessee. So it's only literally three of us left. It's me, uh, Trey Herndon, who's uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars right now, um, uh, Arnold Tarpley. Who's one of my best friends right now? Who's in the USFL? And then um, Emmanuel Smith, who was a um, who was a linebacker for us, who's in the X, who's in the XFL right now. And I'm telling you, bro, we had like a top 25 recruiting class at that time. We had uh, Trace McSurley. I don't know if you know who that is. Trace McSurley, the quarterback. We had quarterback. Um, we had uh, Grant Haley, who I think he's I think he's a defensive back for I, I don't know who. Um, but we had a low a boatload of talent. And like that was supposed to be a year that like you know we were gonna do really really well. And so everybody left. We just stayed. And so Derek Mason comes in. Why so stay I, though? Like why didn't you just bolt when you're? I, I, I think the person think, who found you after yeah, all the letters, I, all the interest, it'd be easy to say, "Oh shit, I, I'm gonna yeah, go." Yeah. I, I think I think because for one, for me, I think I was so close. I was close to home, but I was fur, fur, further away from home where I couldn't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Be be at home. I was five hours away and I was, I was five hours away from home and, you know, which was drive, which was driving distance. And I think for me, you know, just making that commitment and, sure. you know, just, you know, just standing on top of that. I think that was something that I wanted to do. And, um, you know, I'm glad I stayed, but so Derek Mason comes in um, and then I ask him, you know, we got to go through this whole position thing again. So I'm like, you know, do you guys see me as a DB or a receiver? Yeah, we see you as a defensive back. Okay, cool. I'll, let's go back to training for a defensive back and not receiver. Get to Vandy. They're like, ah, we see you as a receiver. So they switched me back to receiver. And so realistically, I only played – I was I started playing receiver really my sophomore year in um, in college. Um, I didn't play receiver at all when I was in high school. You know, I played defensive back and I played quarterback. That's in, in safety. Oh, you didn't play receiver in high school. I played receiver at all in high school. I didn't, I didn't play receiver at all in high school. And so, um, so yeah, we, so Derek Mason comes in. Um, you know, my, my freshman year, I suck. Like I'm horrible. Like I'm not no good at all. Like I'm not no good at all at receiver because I had no idea how to run around. No, I had no idea how to read a defense, anything like that. <laughs> Like I'm literally just going off pure, just just pure work ethic and just just football skill at this point. And so um our offensive coordinator, they get fired. And then our sophomore my sophomore year, we bring in a coach, um, Coach Hankton, 
Coach uh, Cortez Hankton, who's the um, I think he's the wide receivers coach and the um, passing coordinator for LSU right now. Um, and he played in the league for a little bit as well, too. And so when I met him, like my whole world changed because he literally showed me, like, this is what you need to do to get better. And when he showed me that that spring, that summer, like I like my game went to a whole nother level just from constantly just working, 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 working on it, just getting, you know, getting myself to, you know, be the receiver that I know that I could be. And um, that sophomore year, um, I had a really, I had a really good year, but I still was like, still just rough around the edges. Like I was still just kind of just going off pure talent and athleticism. Like I wasn't, it wasn't mm-hmm. football savvy. It wasn't IQness, you know. Um, and so junior year goes, goes that goes by. Still with Coach Hank, senior year comes, and that's when I really started like hitting my strides as far as like honing in on technique and releases and catching the ball and you know, yards after catch and everything like that. And so, um, so yeah, college, college was, college was definitely interesting, bro. Um, you know, we didn't, we didn't win a lot. We definitely, we did not win a lot at all. And, um, uh, you know, some, some of my guys that I already mentioned, Trey Herndon, um, Arnold Tarpley, uh, Trey Ellis, um, those are like my, my, my best, my best bros because like going to Vandy, you don't, and when you play football, like, there's a lot of there's a lot of back and forth because you don't you you normally don't get the same recruits as you do, let's say like a Georgia or a Florida yeah. or like you're getting guys who are you got to go to class. Exactly, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you so, actually have to do your papers exactly, at Vanderbilt exactly. as opposed to those other schools. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and so you're getting a lot of guys who don't really necessarily you know they're, they're thinking about the league but they're not necessarily like. You know, so their, their plan A is to go to the league, but they also got a plan B. And if that plan A don't work, plan B is like, okay, let's be a doctor. It's only let's so be- many hours in a day, right? Like that, nobody wants to say it, but exactly. in the SEC, there's full-time football players Absolutely. for the most part. And so for me, like my plan A was – my plan A was was my plan B. You know what I'm saying? It's like I got to get to the league. Like this is what I want to do. And this is, you know, this is what – this is, you know, this is what I want to do. And so, um, you know, me, Tarp, Trey Herndon and uh, Trey Ellis, like we worked tirelessly, like sometimes to the point where like it was just stupid, you know what I'm saying? Like it was just like you know we were get, we were just getting up at 4 a.m. and you know catching jugs, catching tennis balls, and you know 4 a.m. as a cop 4 a.m. in college, and so like but this and the, the 4 a.m. came from a Maymester we had we had uh, Smith together. It was me, um, Trey Tarpley, Trey Ellis. My, my, my Ellis now is a he's a He's a big high official in North Carolina. He's a uh, he just graduated from law school, and that's like my brother. So, like he took a he took a different route, but like uh, those three were my you know when we in that that main measure that we had took, you know we had took I think I, I think I took like a Spanish class or something like that. I wanted to stay at Vanderbilt, so then that way I could just you know I could do my workouts, I can be around the facility and everything like that. I wouldn't have to worry about going back home, finding the trainer, and all those different things. So I just stayed stayed there. And so I remember that one specific summer, I think it was like the summer of uh, 2016, we stayed and like we were getting up at 4 a.m., working hard, getting ready for the season and everything like that. And so like those were the things that we, you know, like we we prided ourselves on working hard. Like we didn't have the the team. We didn't have, um, you know, I, I feel like at that time we didn't have like all the, you know, the, the, the height, the talent, the speed and everything like that. But it was like, you're not going to outwork us. And so 
um, you know, that's kind of what we prided ourselves on, especially us four, like, you know, we kind of, and, and a couple of other guys as well, too, you know, I think of some names like uh, Ralph Webb, who, you know, who's like an all-time leading SEC rusher, um, you know, those those guys really helped us, like, trying to push everybody else on our team kind of forward, even though um, it was it was a, it was a struggle at times, bro. Like just because like guys didn't necessarily <laughs> care about football, you know what I'm saying? Like they you're, cared about. You're in Nashville too. I mean, I'm, exactly. I might be you know, awake at 4 a.m. in Nashville, but it's it's not right. It's like they're going to work out. Just, exactly. Exactly. It's going to winners and losers, right? That's not far from Vanderbilt campus. Those two bars. Exactly, <laughs> exactly right. And so, um, so yeah, man. But um, I think I think for me personally, though, know, uh, who really helped me out with my my like my college career, like I said, like, you know, it's kind of happened at every single level where like, where things have happened for me to be able to be like, to get to that next level. You know, for me in high school, it happened, you know, with the college letter, you know, I can get to the collegiate level. Okay. Now collegiate, how can I get to the the NFL? Like for me, I think Cortez Hankton was a big, you know, my receivers coach was a big, was a big part of that. And then also Jordan Matthews, um, who now is like my big brother uh, who went to Vandy and um, he came back. He would always come back, um, you know, during uh, you know, when it's because he had got he got he yeah he got drafted to Philly. Um, he got drafted to Philly in the second round, and so he he would come back, and you know, during you know, um, springtime, off season stuff like that, and he would be back working out and everything like that. And so when I seen the way that he was working, I was like, bro, this is the way that I got to work because he's obviously setting the blueprint for me. You know what I'm saying? So it's like every every single stage has been there's 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 been there there's been somebody there to show me the blueprint of how to get something done you know and so j matt was a big piece of that for me you know um you know to the point where you know he was taking me you know taking me out you know to go you know we were going we were going to eat lunch together um working out together you know everything you know watching film together everything like that and you know watching his film you know learning from him and you know like it was so monumental for me because being able to see a guy that came from where I came from at Vandy with, you know, some of those same struggles that, you know, I was going through at Vandy to be like, okay, look, bro, I made it to the league. Like you can do it too. And so um, learning from him and just, you know, having him in my corner was a, was a huge help. And, um, you know, when I, and then once I get into the league, um, undrafted to Arizona, um, you know, having Larry Fitzgerald, like that joint, it was, it was, like I couldn't ask for anybody else to, you know, be in my corner, you know, at that time, you know, I came into the league, young guy, not really knowing, um, not really knowing exactly like what the league is about, but then being able to catch a guy who's been in the league for, you know, 15 plus years and still doing it at a high level and doing things off the field at a high level too. It's like, you can't, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't really ask for a better situation. And, um, you know, I, I know I'm sure you, you watched the, the podcast and we kind of talked about, you know, Fitz and what he's done for me and what he's still doing for me now, bro. It's like, it's, it's crazy. I love what he wrote on that. He wrote on a sheet of paper, like you, you had a yeah. bad practice, right? Yeah. 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 Your career and you're, you're kind yeah. of on the bubble and it yeah. was like, I need you to yeah. stick around. He, he, he didn't verbally say it to you. He just wrote it down and it left in your right. locker. What was that story? Yeah. So, so it was, so we basically were in um team, we're, we're in a meeting. Here you go, baby. We're in our um we are in our position meetings, and um like I said I had a bad I think I had like a bad practice a bad practice or something like that and um R- rookie years first yeah, my, year? my rookie year my rookie year 
and um, had a bad practice. And he kind of just wrote down on a piece of paper. And I was literally sitting right next to him and uh, kind of just wrote down. He, he wrote down, you know, Trent, I need you to continue to handle your business because I want you here. And so after that, like it kind of just it, it just it just went it just it, our relationship just kind of skyrocketed. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I literally just went to play pickleball with him. Um, but like a couple, like a, like a week ago or like a week ago or something like that. And so like I drove up to West Palm, seen him, you know, got to talk with him and, you know, it's, it's just, it's just my, it's just been monumental, you know, for me, for my career, um, because like I've, I've adopted, I've adopted the way that he's trained, you know, I've adopted the way that he's taken, you know, his whole, you know, his whole philosophy of how he does things, you know, on the field and, um, you know, business wise and everything like that, the things that he's done is kind of you know, uh, push me in the direction to where I, you know, things that I want to do, you know, for myself and for my family. So this yeah. look like with Fitz, like what, what a day in the life with Larry Fitzgerald, we, we hear how hard of a yeah. worker he is, that it's, okay. that it's next level. Uh, yeah. but what does it really look like up close? Yeah. That was, I mean, what did you take from him? Yeah. I mean, for me, I think, you know, I, bro, he's, and he's, a, he's a jokester, man. Like, he is a complete joker, but he, he he definitely is as advertised, man. Like, just a just a good dude. Um, I think I I for me, um, you know when when I was when I was training with him in um in the summer, I can't remember what year that was, but it was the summer that I trained with him. Um, we were in um, uh, Minnesota, and so basically what he basically what he does is he gets up, trains, and then goes golf. Like that's, that's, that's what he does. But then he's also, you know, once, once he's done golfing, he's coming back, handling business, taking phone calls, you know, doing, you know, doing, doing things, you know, you know, with his businesses and everything like that. So like, that's kind of like a, like a day in the life, like, but always the work always came first. Like it was never, you know, it was never, Hey, let's go golf or let's go do this. I was like, no, like we got to put this work in and then we can do whatever, you know, we want to do, you know, and the thing that he always told me, um, you know, I kind of asked him, I was like, Fitz, like, how did you, like for how so many years, like how did you, you know, just be so consistent with, you know, your performance, not being complacent and just being you could eat because he could have easily been like, you know, I've I've done this, I've done that, you know, I've broken this record, did this, did that, you know, I don't, I don't really gotta do anything. But like you never seen that from like every time he stepped out on the field, it was like he was working, like he was undrafted, like he like he was working to make the team, like it was mm-hmm. always like that, you know. And so he always told me, he said. You know, Trent, for me to be able to, you know, do the things that I want to do off the field, you know, have these, um, you know, have these endorsement deals, have these, you know, whatever it may be. He knew that he had to perform at a high level. And that only came from the work that he put in. And so he knew that that had to be, he, he knew that that always came first. And so um, for me, like, you know, it's, it's just, it's just, that was just monumental for a young guy, you know, coming into the league, like you thinking, NFL is flashy, this, that, and that's like, no, 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 no. Like, this is just, we, we, this is how you're supposed to do it, you know? And so, um, you know, Which when I train. huge. I mean, that's, you're a pro for the first time. Absolutely. You know, you, you, you don't know what you don't know. Like, that, that just becomes the expectation instantly. Absolutely. Larry Fitzgerald, Hall of Famer, work Absolutely. like this. Absolutely. Yeah. As an undrafted guy, I mean, that, that, that's huge. But it also takes you kind of realizing, okay, I'm going to, like, take this in. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use right. it. There's Absolutely. probably other receivers that are like, eh, whatever, old man. Exactly. Yeah. No, <laughs> you, 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 no you're right. You're definitely right. Because I've always asked him, I'm like, man, he was, and he, he's, he was always saying, like, man, I've seen so many guys, you know, I would try to, you know, pass things down to him, but they just wouldn't take it. And I just, it just baffles me. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, like, why would you, why would you not listen to this guy? You know what I'm saying? And 
And I think it just obviously just I think it just stems from different reasons. You know, some guys may feel like they got it figured out and other guys feel like, you know, so, you know, it is what it is. But um, like I said, being able to have him was was huge, man. Like and just for my my playing career, like me having his philosophy and the way that he approaches his work, you know, being able to see that from a day to day standpoint. Like, I mean, and it's crazy because like you'll get guys that's in the league, like, you know, top tier guys you know, that are at their position and, you know, they'll, they'll, some of them will have a, or the organization, you know, you know, you know, by, by, by the throat and they, they don't have to necessarily do all the things that they, they're required to do. They might not, they don't have to practice if they don't want to, you know, as long as you're going out performing, Fitz never did that, bro. Like it was, hmm. I'm, I'm putting my work in, like, I don't care what it looks like. I'm putting my work in. He always had one day, um, he had one off day and it was a Wednesday because it was obviously, it was like, a, it was like a, it was like a vet day for him. But I'm telling you, when he stepped out on the when he stepped out on the field, like it was all work. Like it wasn't, it wasn't. Ah, no, I can't go. I can't do this. I've never seen him miss a game. Nothing like that. Like he always put in the work. Like it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just monumental to have. You know what I'm saying? Especially for a guy, a young guy, you know, to be able to see that because as you as you grow and as you get, you know, more influence, as you get, you know, um, you know, more more money and contracts and everything like that, like you you grow to appreciate the game. And I think that's the biggest thing that I took away from him is how, how much he appreciated it and how much he respected the game, you know? Um, and so um, it was, it was huge, man, for sure. But you, you know what though? Like you, you, you were built for that world. Yeah. You were built for being in the right spot at the right time to take that all in. I, yeah. I Your upbringing. I mean, I know we just kind of zipped through everything there, but like what, what did you really go through at a young yeah. age you know, two hours hours south of Chicago. There, I know. I know about your grandmother working at Walmart. Yeah. You know, for sixteen yeah. years, yeah. Um, making sure the yeah. register's clean. I mean, I imagine she's a huge influence. I I love how you said people go to her when they're at Walmart. Like yeah. They, yeah. they they could go to any aisle, but they yeah. go to her. So I imagine yeah. she's a huge influence. But whether yeah. it's that or something else, what did you go through? You think that equipped you to be ready for that opportunity? I think for me, uh, growing up at a young age, I I know that um. You know, for me, I I didn't I didn't have the um, you know, like the the support of of my biological father, but like I always be I'm always careful when I say that because my uncles and my grandmother they did a really great job of you know providing that for me. You know what I'm saying? Being that being that being that second parent for me, um, and sports was always kind of like my getaway anyway. So, um, for me, I think you know, just being around sports all the time was like something. That that was something that I that I always just wanted to do, you know. It's just like I was just always just naturally just good at it. Um, but I I truly think that like that work ethic, that work ethic piece just just comes from I don't know. I I just think it's just something that was just just God given. Like it's just something that I always wanted to do. But I I will say though, um, my 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 high school when I was in high school, I think I was a sophomore. The thing that and this is the thing that always kind of kind of clicks in me. Um, that 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 stays with me even to this day. My stepdad, who's a um, who's a basketball coach, um, um, at our at our JUCO back home, um, my mom's husband. I remember him telling me, well, it's two things. My, I remember my mom telling me that because my grades were really bad when I was in high school. Like I was I was a poor student. Like I didn't I didn't do well. I was just worried about sports. And my mom was like, you know, I'm not gonna be able to pay for you to go to school. Like, so I don't know, you know, like, I don't know what you're going to be able to do. Like, I'm not, I can't pay for you to go. And so 
um, that was one thing that kind of woke me up. And, um, you know, another thing was, and I think another, she, she had told me like, you know, my mom was, my mom was tough, man. Like she, she didn't, you know, in, in, into her rightfully. So she, like, she had to be like, it was just, it was me and her, you know, like she, she had to kind of be that, that dad and that mom. And she kind of told me, she was like, I'm not going to be able to pay for you to go to school. And when you get eight, when you turn 18, like you got to get out. Like, that's just, that's just what it is. You grown, you grown, you know? And so yeah. I don't know if that was like a scare tactic or what, but like it worked, you know what I'm saying? So, um, <laughs> but that was, that was one thing. That was one thing that stuck with me, but that, that's like, that's like old school. That's what we right. hear. Like our, our grandparents, like you turn right, 18, yeah. get right. the you hell out of here, get a job. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, the one thing that, that definitely sticks with me, um, was, um, my stepfather, man, he, he, I remember, I remember like yesterday, bro, we were in, we were on our way from somewhere. We were parking the car to get out, to get into, to go, to go into the house. And he was like, he just kind of just, he just said, he was like, man, you don't work hard enough. And I was like, like, what you mean? Like, he's like, you just don't, he's like, you don't, you don't work hard enough. Like you say, you want to do this. You say you want to do that. Like, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't want to go. You don't want to go uh division one. Like you, you don't, you don't. You 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 don't you don't want you don't work hard enough, and I just kind of took that, and I'm like, I'm like what, like, and it, it it messed with me, you know. And so ever since then, like, bro, like that that I think that lit the fire up underneath me, you know. Like to that that day was like no nobody on earth is going to outwork me. Like I I kind of took that, and I just kind of just ran with it, and no matter what it was, like I even remember doing, <laughs> I even remember doing like having we had leaf leaf bags in our backyard and I remember laying them down and using them as like um, agile bags to like run up, run, run up over them, you know, like do high knees over them and run through them and stuff like that. And so, um, you know, and I think that's kind of where like that, that, like that work ethic kind of came from, you know, obviously, you know, me talking about my grandmother, you know, how professional she is and, um, you know, but my stepdad, I think he really lit that fire up underneath me. Like he challenged me, you know what I'm saying? And my mom, you know, saying that, you know, I'm not going to be able to pay for you to go to school. And I knew I didn't want to stay where I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to just be that dude that played football, was really good at football, you know, high school. And now I'm, I'm working at a factory job, you know, back home. Like I didn't want that for myself. I knew I wanted more, you know? And so, um, yeah, I knew that. And I, and, I, and at that time it was like that the only answer was to work. Like that was it. Like for me at that time, it was like, you got to work to get to where you want to be. And so um, that was kind of the thing that really like, really like, 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 like struck that fire up underneath me to, 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 to push me. How old were you when you were stepped in? I want to say I was, I was a sophomore in high school. So I probably was around like, I was probably around like maybe, maybe, maybe 16, somewhere around there. Maybe like, maybe like, was he, was, was he right? Like looking no, back, he was right. were you not? Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 he was, he was definitely right. I think that, I think at that time I was kind of like being lazy. I think I was like, I think it was like in basketball season or somewhere around there. Like, and um, like, I just wasn't, I just wasn't really, I really wasn't. And that was, that was before I had accumulated any offers any letters or anything. So like, I just wasn't, you know, I was just, I'm just naturally good at it. Like, I don't really gotta, I don't really gotta do nothing. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, at that time I just wasn't really looking for it. And I think at that time I didn't really know how to work. I didn't know what to do, but when he told me that, I was like, F it, like, I'm gonna just figure it out on my own. Like, you know, putting the leaf bags down. Okay. Let's just go outside. Let's just throw like whatever it may be, you know, getting, getting the receivers, you know, 
that I had in high school. Let's just let's just go through. Like like I just fell more in love with the game and just was just just around it, you know, just watching it and all those. Maybe it pisses you off too. Like you want to prove it wrong. Like no, yeah, it did. It it definitely did for sure. Like I I wanted to I wanted to show him otherwise, and I think you know always having that that thought in the back of my head that you know my mom wasn't gonna be able to pay for me to go to school. You know, yeah. it was like, okay, well, shoot, I got to get a scholarship then. Like, that's the only way I'm going to be able to go, you know, and being and seeing my uncles get those letters when I was in middle school, you know, because that was still in the back of my head too. Like, my uncles are my uncles went to college, so why can't I do it, you know? And yeah. so, um, you know, it was like I, I knew I had to get a scholarship to, to go because that was the only way I was going to be able to go. Who are your uncles again before I forget? So my, so my uncles was uh, uh, Daybo Worthington, Worthington, so D-A-B-O and then Worthington, W-O-R. T H I N G T O N, and then um, my other uncle was Aaron A Y R O N. Last same last name. Gotcha. And what were the di- you said like your biological dad wasn't yeah. really around? Do, do you know him? Yeah. Is there any type of relationship? Yeah, there? so I, your so dad like your main dad. Yeah, so I know. Yeah, I know him. Um, you know, we we we've had we've had some we have we we've had conversations here and there. Um, you know, but I didn't I didn't really know who he was until I was sixteen. So you know, kind of you know that, you know, that the ship kind of had sailed, you know, by then, you know, it just wasn't, you know, the, the relationship wasn't there, but we've, we're, you know, I've, I've talked to him. I've reached out to him before. We've always, we've had, you know, cordial conversations and stuff like that. So um, there's no, like, there's no love loss or anything like that, you know? So, but my, my, my little brother's dad um, actually uh, kind of stepped in. He actually raised, raised both of us, um, but he actually passed away um, in Arizona. Uh, yeah. He passed away. In, he passed away in Arizona, in um 2016 when i was in arizona um is this the stepdad who challenged you no so my this is the, the my the stepdad who challenged me is who's my mom is married to now oh that's you. the okay. that's the basketball coach yeah so before then my mom was dating my little brother's dad so we, my little yeah my little brother's dad so they were they were actually dating before <laughs> he he moved to arizona and so he, um, he really raised you then for the yeah he raised he raised me then yeah for sure so when he okay. when he left arizona um my mom started dating um my mom started dating my who my stepdad is now he was over he played overseas basketball and they were dating they were doing like a long-term distance relationship he came back yeah he came back um to our hometown and he was doing uh basketball coach he was coaching middle school basketball at the time um and now he's coaching at the collegiate level and so so yeah so my 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 little brother's dad actually was the one who who raised us, and so he had a, he had a, he had a lot to do with like my competitive spirit too. Like as far as like sports and stuff like that, he was always involved. Like, um, you know, taking taking me taking me to you know taking me to you know taking me to my football games and being my coach and everything like that. And so, um, I credit a lot of like my competitiveness to him for sure. Like. He was always, you know, always taking me out in the backyard, you know, with the, you know, just, you know, playing, you know, playing, you know, playing football and just, just making sure I was just. So, so yeah. Boy, that's, I mean, that's still, that'd be kind of traumatic to, to lose him in, in 2016, yeah. I would think. Yeah. Man, how, yeah. how did he pass? Yeah, man, it was it was it was hard, man. Um, he passed he passed away when I was actually in college, like that that summer that I was telling you about. That me and my my guy stayed um in, at Vandy. That main message he passed that summer. He actually um he drowned. Um, he was always like I said, he was always like playing games, like competitive, always, you know, trying to see who can do something the longest, first, fastest, or whatever. And at at that time, I think he um he he was he was playing. I think he was playing with some kids. 
And I think he went underneath. He he went underneath. And I guess they were kind of doing like who can hold their breath the longest or whatever it may be. And he went down. He just never came back up. And, you know, and then after, and then, you know, after that, he, um, he got, he got on, he got on life support and they ended up, they ended up taking him off, man. So, um, so yeah, bro. Yeah. 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 All from just playing a game of who can, who can stay underwater the longest. Yep. Yep. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. How? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, how did that hit you? How'd you find it, out? It hit, it hit me pretty hard. So my mom, my mom had called me and told me. Um, she she had she had called me and told me it hit me pretty hard. Um, especially because I was in I was in college too. I think I had yeah, I had just completed my freshman year, sophomore year. I was going into yeah, I think we were going into that yeah, that's we were going into sophomore. Yeah, we were going into that sophomore the sophomore season, and it hit me pretty hard, man. Because you know, for one. Like obviously, you know, like I, I did call him my dad because he was there for a great, a great deal amount of my life, you know, and um, you know, it was kind of it, it was it was hard because that was like the first time that actually like a close loved one of mine had passed away, you know, and um, you know, not being able to see him and talk to him and everything like that was was kind of it, it still kind of hurts me to this day, like not being able to really, you know, say say something to him before he had passed away or anything like that. That that always kind of hurts me a little bit, but. I think that, you know, me going to Arizona, it was just so fitting. You know what I'm saying? Like years later, I get undrafted. I go to Arizona and it was crazy because he was trying to get me to come down to Arizona to visit him. And I just never was able to make it make it out there because, of you know, because of college. You know, I was just always moving around and stuff like that and always had to do spring workouts, summer workouts, all those different things. So yeah. um, it was it was actually pretty dope to like actually go to Arizona and start my career there. So, yeah. So like what from what age to age were was he kind of like your dad? Yeah, I would say I would say he was probably there from he was there when I was really young, actually, man. Like okay. I would say like at least probably I would say like maybe six to I would say maybe six to about like thirteen. Gotcha. Like, thir- like six, like six years old, may- maybe even younger than that. Maybe about like maybe four, maybe about like five or something like that to about like when I was um, like five to like, like middle school. Yeah. And then five like to- your stepdad entered the picture. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. My step, then my stepdad, who, yeah, who's my mom married, who, who my mom is married to now. He stepped into the picture because gotcha. um, my little brother's dad ended up moving to Arizona. Yeah. I can't imagine what. Yeah. I mean, all these kids around yeah. and stuff, like seeing yeah. that. Yeah, God. it's crazy. It's crazy. And yeah. You mentioned earlier too how, like, in your town, um, like, you didn't want to just work at a factory. Like, is yeah. that kind of what happens with a lot of talent with where you're yeah. from? Like, there might be somebody who's really talented, but yeah. they're not taking that 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 next step that you are. They're right. not, you know, putting in the work that you were. And they, I don't know, it, what is the factory in town? Like, where where do people kind of end up there? Yeah, people people actually kind of end up at uh, McLean's. That's what it's called. It's called McLean's. Um, but I think that man, honestly, you 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 hear those stories all the time, right? Like you those guys that who have the success in high school and then they're like back in the community and you know they're working at the factory. Like, and I'm not saying that like that's that's a bad thing. I just knew that for me that like it was more for me to go have and more for me to go do. And I think that I just didn't want to have that. I didn't, I didn't want to have that label on me. You know, I didn't want to be just another, just another, another, another guy that just, you know, did well in high school and, you know, wasn't able to do anything after that. You know, my stepdad, 
my stepdad now, who you know, who who always told me that you know do, you know, um, doesn't matter what you do outside, what you it doesn't matter what you do in high school. It matters is what you do after high school. And like my stepdad was like an All American basketball player, like McDonald's All American, played overseas, did really well in college. So like he knew what it took to. Uh, Dewan Gerard, that's his. That's his name. Dewan Gerard, D A J, U A N. Okay, I, I was yeah, gonna say maybe a, that rang a bell. God, he, he sounds like he was a hell of a player. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he was. He was a. Yeah, he was a McDonald. I think. I, yeah, I want to say he was a. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm, I'm pretty sure he was a McDonald's All American. Don't don't quote me on that, but I think he. Yeah. I think he was for sure. Um, but yeah, he played. He played basketball. Um, so like he, and he played at a, he played at a really high level, you know what I'm saying? Like he didn't make it to the NBA, but like, he just, he had that drive about him, you know what I'm saying? Like we both had the same similarities, you know, um, a lot. And he actually, he's actually from, from Danville, you know? So, um, you know, having him around was a huge help, you know, as well too. But, um, yeah, I just didn't, I didn't want to be that, that guy that, you know, like I said, that just did well in high school. Uh, played all these sports and then just kind of just came back, you know, and you know what I'm saying? Just not really doing anything, you know? And so I wanted to further, I wanted to further myself and just, you know, really see how far I could take it. Well, and it, it, you get to the NFL and yeah. I mean, these last five years or might shorten you one six. It's I mean, uh, five. You know, so, so, so five, I'm, I'm going in six. Going in, because it's been a it's been a long climb to even have the opportunity to contribute oh. in an offense. <laughs> I mean, Arizona, San Francisco, they're just not using you. They're really not giving you an opportunity. Well, how frustrating has it been? How, I mean, take it from there. Like, how, how have yeah. you gotten to this point to be a really a number three receiver yeah. in one of the more prolific offenses in the whole league? Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you. Um, and like, I'm I'm a, I'm gonna really speak, you know, just truthfully, man. I think that you know, um, just as far as like all the politics and everything like that. Because I, I, I think too, you know, there's there's sometimes some some things just don't don't need to be said, but I think that a lot of guys you can say them. Let yeah, it no, yeah, no, 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 I'm with you. No, I'm with you. I think that because I, I just I, I, I feel like a lot of guys who are in that undrafted position and, you know, are kind of like in that low that low totem pole, like I feel like, you know, they 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 kind of have to they 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 need to they need to hear you know what I'm what I'm gonna say because I think it'll help help some guys out and so um but came in undrafted to Arizona um wasn't really expecting too much of myself um like I I just wanted to make the roster like that's that was that was it like make the team make the roster and let's see where we go from there so I come in um me and Christian Kirk were actually um uh I think. Yeah, me, Christian Kirk, and Jalen Tolliver were the only three uh, receivers to make it to make to make the roster. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, Christian Kirk was actually drafted, you know, in the second round. That's 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 like my brother to this day too. So, um, you know, came in, um, you know, was playing on special teams, and that was actually kind of what helped me out making the team uh, was because in college, like, and our coach uh, Jeff Jennick. Um, in, in college, he made all the starters play special teams. Like, it didn't matter what you was doing. Like, you, you played special teams. And so um, I think that really helped me out a lot because it didn't give me that ego to, like, oh, like, I'm only going to play receiver. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, like, you got to play special teams in this team. And I already knew that going in. And I feel like a lot of guys, they don't they don't know that, like, going in, especially, like, like I said, undrafted guys, no drafted guys. Like, 
you got to be able to figure out a way to get into this back door, you know, because there's a lot of other guys that they're bringing in. You got, you got the drafted guys, you got the guys that are, well, you already got the guys that are already on the team. Then you got the drafted guys and then you got a bunch of undrafted guys that they bring in as well too. So it's like, how can you finagle your way in to, you know what I'm saying? Making the roster. And so I knew for me that it had to be on special teams. Like I knew they weren't expecting much of me, um, but I came in my rookie year, like balled out in training camp. Like, you know, I, I like did my thing. Um, I had a really, really good camp, um, really, really good preseason. And um, after that uh, ended up making the team. Um, it was really, really cool. Um, that first year was like, it was really, really dope. Um, you know, I, I didn't really even care about being undrafted. Like I wasn't really even like too upset about it because like I knew what I could do. I knew I could make the team. And so I was like, okay, look, I'm here. Like that's all I needed was just to get my foot in the door. Like, and that's what I did. And so, um, rookie year, um, eight games go by. We have some injuries go. Um, we have some injuries happen and I start for like eight, eight games straight. Um, you know, and that was kind of like my first taste to the league. Like, you know, I was out, I was out there making some plays, but I wasn't out there making a lot of plays. Um, like I said, still kind of like going off of just athleticism, no technique, stuff like that. And um, you know, I was able to score a touchdown. I think I accumulated like I think 219 yards or something like that on like 19 grabs or something, and I ended up scoring a touchdown my first year. So like, you got to think like undrafted player, starting in like eight games. You know, I'm like, you know, my first first time coming in and I'm like, okay, like, like, let's I'm ready to make this jump from year one to year two. And so come in year two and I'm I'm fully expecting year two to be like, okay, I'm going to be playing a lot more on offense. Like I know that I, I know that I can do this. And so year two, go, you know, I have I have a great offseason training, like I get better. Um uh well actually in that spring. I had a really, really good spring. Uh, coach Jerry Sullivan, um, old time, old old school uh, wide receivers coach, um, who is a, I mean, a legend, you know, like a legend. And I would say that he was a guy who um, actually propelled propelled me into the receiver that I am now, as far as like technique, you know, watching film, um, learning how to release on guys, learning how to come in and out of breaks, like the the taking it all the way down to the technicality of being a receiver. Like he's the, he's the one I feel like that's really helped me in my NFL career to be able to, you know, to, to, to take it to where it's take to, to where it's going. Um, and I always tell him like, he, he always talks about technique and how to use your feet and everything like that. And we still literally exchange checks, text messages, um, to this day, you know, about like, you know, Hey, you know, I, I like the way that you use your footwork there, whatever it may be. And so like, I tell him all the time, like, man, like, you've literally like changed my game, you know, to, you know, and like, I'll never stop using, using the technique. And so, um, so yeah, I had him in the spring. I had Sully in the spring. Um, and David, David Rye was our main, David Rye was our main uh, position coach, but Sully was our, he was kind of like our uh, assistant receivers coach. And that spring, I had a really, really good spring. Um, I was, I was, I was, I want to say I was playing, I want to say I was the number three receiver then. I was the number three. I was the number three uh, receiver at that point. It was me, um, Fitz, and uh, Christian Kirk, and we were playing that same year. Arizona had drafted, Arizona drafted three guys. They drafted Andy Isabella. They drafted uh, Hakeem Butler, and they drafted um, uh, Keyshawn Johnson. That same that that year, and um, and so um, 
you know, obviously, you know, with them being drafted, you know, in the offseason and everything like that, I was like, oh, man, they didn't draft the three guys. So they're not really, you know, really too worried about me or whatever it may be. But I was like, you know what, let's just go to work. Like, let's just go to work and let's just see who – let's go to camp and let's see who's the best man, you know, at that, at that point. And so end up going in spring, played really well in the spring. My game was elevating. Um, I had learned this whole new technique and everything like that. So I was feeling really, really confident. So go into the off season, training, training hard again. Um, and like my game, I can just feel my game just like skyrocketing. It's just going really, really well. Um, going to training camp and I had one of the best training camps of my life. Like I was playing lights out, like literally playing lights out. Um, I, I remember, I think that preseason I had like two touchdowns and back to back, back to back games in the preseason. Started one game at, started, started, started one game, um, at receiver. Um, and then before the first game, um, you know, before we played the Detroit Lions, uh, my receivers coach comes up to me. He's like, man, you know, um, like you should be starting, but the GM doesn't want to see you. They don't, they don't want to see you play. They want to see the drafted guys play. And so like that really hit me hard because it was like, that was like my first time kind of like, that was like my first time kind of like dealing with politics, you know, in a way, because that was like my first time, like putting in a whole bunch of work and not really seeing it, you know, come to light. Um, in previous years, like obviously, you know, high school, like I was putting in work, I'm getting my letters, right. Putting in work, I'm getting offers, putting in work. Now I'm, I'm committed now. Okay. I go to college. I'm putting in work. I'm starting to become a better receiver. I'm making plays and putting in work. Now I get to the NFL, you know what I'm saying? Not everything is, you know, kind of going. And so this is like my first time actually like being told, told no, when I probably rightfully and you know and I rightfully deserved it and earned earned it you know and won the and won the spot, but that's just something that the league that's just that's just how the league works sometimes you know there's there's politics there's things that that are completely you know out of you know out of out of one's control and that's just how things go, and um you know it really hit me hard that year I kind of really went into like a I went into a shell like I it's just kind of just like effort like you know what I'm saying this is how it's gonna be like. Just whatever, like cool, whatever. But luckily, I had uh, Jeff Rogers, who was my special teams coordinator in Arizona, who really helped me. Um, you know, not not he didn't not per se like really talk to me about you know what was going on, but like the way that he coached he coached me and the way that he coached the players on special teams, like he really made me want to play for him on special teams, and so like. You know, I made my, I was like, you know what, I'm just making my mark here, you know, on special teams, you know, being that gunner, you know, being, you know, on kickoff or whatever it may be, just try, just try to, you know, continue to just make plays wherever I can on special teams. And I always had, I always had the thought in the back of my head, like, you know what, it could be worse. You could be cut. You could be on practice squad, but you're an undrafted player who's made the team for a second, second year in a row, you know, um, made the 53 man roster. Like you've never been cut. You've never been, you know, on practice squad. You never had to go down to practice squad, get ele elevated, come back down, come back up. Like I've seen a lot of those horror stories and like, I've never had to go through that, you know? And so. Isaiah and Hodgins, we were just talking last week. Yeah, bro. Yeah, and it's, it happens all and it's, the time. yeah, man, it's, and it's tough. And so I, I, you know, I kind of, you know, always had to kind of tell myself that, you know, what you're going through is, you know, it's tough, but like, other people, you know, there are other people are dealing with a lot, a lot worse. And I think the thing for me, it was like, it was just so 
always in me that I always knew that I could play. Like I know, I know what I can do. Like I got Larry Fitzgerald next to me telling me that, you know, writing me these letters saying like, look, man, I want you here so you can play. Larry's always telling me, man, look, you can play, you can do this, you can do that. And it's just like, man, like where, like, where's this, where's this, where's this, where's this at? You know what I'm saying? Like, this is, this is not, it's not, it's not, it's not playing out that way. And so, um, and I'm actually, I'm actually, I'm actually kind of going, I'm actually kind of, I'm actually going to back up before I got to the league. And I, this is, a, this is really important to me. So I want to share it. Um, before I got to the league, um, I was training in Chicago with uh, Carrie, with Carrie Neal um, for my, um, for my pro day. And I was doing all my pro day training out there. And um, I had went to a church um, that was called um, all nation, all nations of Chicago. And I went to a church out there and, you know, I, I I heard of the pastor through a mutual friend, um, you know, listened to a couple of his sermons when I was in when I was in college and, you know, I happened to be, you know, in Chicago. And I was like, you know what, let me just I'm going to just go, you know, to 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 the church and went to the church. Don't know who the pastor is at all. You know, nothing like that. I go there. The pastor at the end of this at the end of the service, the pastor points at me and picks me out, picks me out of the crowd and tells me to come up. And I go up and he kind of basically prophesies over me, you know, basically saying that, hey, you know, you know, you're going to the NFL. You know, it's not going to be the way that you had, you know, you had um, hope for. And I actually I, I, I can actually send you the video so that way you can kind of pull some yeah. pieces. Um, and I've, I've never I've never I've never shared it. I, I've never shared it with with a lot of people. But I kind of feel like now, like I really want to be able to let let people know that, like, 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 like for me personally, like God, God is real. You know what I'm saying? And like, you know, not to kind of get people to, you know, switch over their religion or whatever it may be, but just be able to just be a living testimony. Like, like God is real. Like God is, he does the things that he said he's going to do, but neither here nor there, you know, the, the pastor prophesies to me, kind of lets me know, Hey man, like, you know, you're, you're, you're going to, you're, you're going to the NFL. It's not going to be the way that you had hoped. And, um, you're, you know, you're working really, really hard right now. And I don't, I don't know this guy. I don't know. I don't know him. I've never talked to him or anything. And everything that he's saying is literally spot on. And so, um, what, what was that again? I'm sorry. Trent, this was it. This was in, so I did my pro day in, so I get 20. So I think it was in 20, it was in 2017 when this, when this had happened in 2017. Yeah. So it's kind of when like was, foreshadowing to, everything that you exactly so it was it was it was, it was literally before i had got to the nfl i was literally just training for my pro day in chicago before i even had you know signed to a team or anything like that hmm. and so um you know for me um and like i said i'll, I'll send you uh i'll send you the recording of it so you can yeah kind of, that'd be great um but um but I, I i go i went back to that story because you know, to tie it into basically what I was saying, like, okay, okay, here's here's God telling me that, okay, this is gonna happen, this is gonna happen, and it's like, okay, God, where where is it at? Like, I'm not playing, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not making any plays. Like, I'm I'm just on special teams, but in the midst of those things of wanting what I wanted, He still was kind of showing up. God was still showing up because, like I said, I hadn't been cut. I made the team as an undrafted free agent. You know, I wasn't on practice squad or anything like that. Like I'm still, you know, 
I was still living out my dream and like living out exactly what was told to me. You know, hey, you're going to the NFL. Okay, like, okay, I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm still, I'm still here. I'm still in the promise. You know, I'm still in, I'm still, I'm still living through it. And so, um, you know, going back to, you know, what I was saying about the coach telling me that, you know, you don't want to play, like the coach, don't, the, the GM doesn't want to see you play. He wants to see the other guys play or whatever it may be. You know, that, like I said, that really had put me in a hole and, you know, um, you know, playing special teams and, you know, finagling my way in, continue to come through the back door and go into my third year. The same exact thing happens. I have another good camp. Like, and I think for me, like, I could have easily just been like, ah, like, I know I'm not going to play, whatever. And then that's when we got DeAndre Hopkins. We got, we got D-Hop that year. We got D-Hop that year, my third year. So we had D-Hop, we had Fitz, and we had, um, <laughs> and we had, um, uh, Isabella had, Butler. Yeah, we had we had all. So, but all and that's three. and that's and that's the crazy part. Um, that second year, that second year, I think Hakeem Butler ended up getting cut that that second year, and so, um, I think he, yeah, I think he ended up, yeah, he ended up getting cut. He went, he ended up going to a different team, and so, um, we had all those guys still that third year. So I was like, you know what, I could easily just be like, ah, oh, nah, f it, like you know. It is what it is. Like, I'm not going to play. I'm not going to train. But I was like, no, nah, bro, like, let's continue. Just continue to put the work in. Continue to put the work in. Like, just continue just to believe, like, you know, it's, it's going to eventually happen. Didn't happen. Um, you know, I was ex- expecting after that third year um, to come back because I was making a lot of plays on special teams. Like, I was doing really, really well on special teams. And um, we had two other guys who was undrafted. It was three guys. And this is the crazy part. I think we had maybe about like seven guys in our, I think we had maybe over, we had at least over 10 guys get drafted in our 2018 class. And it was literally me, Christian, um, Ezekiel Turner, and Dennis Gardick, who was left. Four guys out of those, four guys out of the whole class of 2018. It was at the end of the three years. That 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 still made it and that was still on the team. And so for me, um, I felt like Arizona, they they wanted to get rid of me, you know, because they, like they wanted to get rid of me, but I could I didn't give them the chance to. You know what I'm saying? I didn't give them that <laughs> satisfaction. I didn't give them that satisfaction. <clears throat> like, you know, wow, we got you know, we we gotta get rid of this guy. You know, but it's like, no, nah, like, you know, I'm continue to show up, continue to be, continue to show up and, you know, and training camp, continue to show you that I can play, that I should be playing. And even if you don't give it to me, like, it's like, okay, that's, that's fine. But you know that I can't play. It's not going to be, you're not going to not play me because I didn't show up for camp and I didn't win the job. I wasn't giving them that satisfaction. And so, um, you know, third year goes by and, um, you know, I'm thinking that they're going to tender me. Why am I right? mind? why am I right? mind? I'm thinking that I have no idea. When you look back and look over all the years, like, you know, from the first two years, like you would think like, yeah, bro, they really don't want you here. Like in my right mind, I'm thinking that, you know, I'm coming back. And so um, they ended up not, they ended up not wanting to bring me back, but they, they said that I could sign back for a, um, you know, for league minimum at that time. And I was like, absolutely not. Like, you know, I had contributed on special teams was one of the core special teams guys like did, you know, like there was no way that I was, that I was doing that. And so the thing was, one the GM at that time, uh, Steve Kine, um, had told my agent, he was like, he told him like, ah, yeah, we just don't, we don't see him as a receiver. Like he can't play wide receiver. I said, okay, that's you know, that's 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 fine. And so when he and when he said that, 
when he's when he said that, that's what kind of like told me, okay, like it's t- it's time to move on. You know, it's 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 time to it's time to move on. It's time to it's it's time to just you know go um go go a different direction. And so, um that same that that year we were in free agency. Um, we had uh the Jets, the Jets. I think the Jets were in the conversations. Miami and San Fran. They were all they want. They wanted me to come play. And um, at that time, you know, I was kind of thinking like, okay, what what would be best beneficial for you know for me and my wife, you know, um, you know for for us to go. And so I had talked to you know Kyle Shanahan. I had talked to John Lynch. I had talked to the uh, special teams coach over um, at San Francisco. And I was like, man, I just I want to go over there because I think that'd be a really good fit. You know, winning winning organization. Um, Shanahan obviously is a great play caller, a great offense. Um, you know, I was like, and I, and I seen there's there was some room for me to be able to compete at the wide receiver spot, and so um, we ultimately made the decision to go to San Francisco. Me and the wife, we pack up, we pack up the U-Haul, and and I got I got to give credit, you know, to my wife too, man. Like over these past couple of years, um, you know, she's been especially well, oh yeah, over these over these past couple of years, even in my whole career, like my wife has literally helped me train, like. Yeah. I mean, like literally being my, like my quarterback. Like I go out run routes, and she's throwing the ball to me, <laughs> shooting shooting me jugs. Um, you know, just really just being a, a really helping hand, and you know, helping me prolong my career. And you know, uh, my wife stayed in Arizona. I went to uh, San Francisco for you know for um, for OTAs, Phase One, and all those different things. And she stayed up, packed everything up, and we got the U-Haul. We moved we moved to Cali. We made the move to California, and. um so yeah, I'll, I'll, if you got any questions, I'll get to San Francisco. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, with uh, so when S- Steve Kime tells your receivers coach, is that David? No, Ron, he tells he, tell, he he told he tells my agent. He tells my agent that uh, my I'm agent, going back to the to the oh, pre- okay. oh yeah, 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 game. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. With uh, the three receivers, was that? Yeah. Ro- Ro- yeah. Ro- he, he's telling the position coach. He told he told he told my position coach. Well, this is what my position coach told me. Who was that, David Ra? I want to say right. David Ra, yeah, David Ra, yeah. yeah, David Ra. Um, he he told me that's what that's what my position coach told me that you know they don't want to you know the GM doesn't want to see you play. He wants to see the other guys play for the like, was that the third preseason game or or what? That was that? that was no. This was after this was after the third preseason game. So this was this was before the first game. This was before the first regular season game. Now, oh. now, mind, now, mind you, the first two, the first two preseason games, I scored touchdowns in back-to-back games, and so I'm going into the third preseason game thinking that I'm starting at the number three spot because I'm like, bro, I won it. Like, there, like it was, it was clear cut. Like it wasn't even no, there was no debate, and all the starters they weren't playing in the in the third in the third game. And so I'm like, and they told me that I was playing. I'm like, like, why am I playing? Like I shouldn't, I shouldn't be playing. And at that time, I kind of knew what was, what was, what was going down. I mean, and that's so, straight up politics. They, they yep. drafted three players. Yep. They yep. I mean, these are their picks, their guys. Yep. Yep. And yep. I mean, I mean, you hit on it. It, yep. it had to have just driven you to yep. the point of insanity that you worked your ass off at every point. It's a meritocracy from. You know, being a little kid, looking yeah. up to your uncles, to high school, to college, you know, you're busting ass at every turn to the point where you're still doing that, right? And it doesn't matter. They exactly. drafted these guys, so they're gonna play. 
I mean, how, how does how does that not, you said it put you in a shell, but like, how does that yeah. not just send you to depression? I mean, yeah. how did? Yeah, bro. And I, I think honestly, bro, there was time, I think there's times where like I, I went I went to that to that point. You know what I'm saying? Like I think that I did have the I think I did have depression at, at some at some point, bro. Like just because of I, the amount of work that I was putting in and like the amount of faith that I can continue would have to and like the, the just like the mental battle, like going back and forth with myself. Like, can you do this? Like, is what God told you real? You know, is you know, is this going to hold true? Like and just continue to go back and forth and like continue to put in work knowing, knowing that you're not going to play. It's like, and I, and I look back on it sometimes I'm like, bro, how do you, like, how did you do that? Like, how did you continue to put in, continue to every summer literally bust your butt knowing that nobody's outworking you, you're doing all the right stuff and you know that you're not going to play. And I think for me, it was just like, it was just something that I had to, I had to go through. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just, just, Maturity wise, when I think you know now, you're better than all three of these guys, that's the thing. You know you're better than all three of those players, and absolutely. it doesn't matter. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I think yeah. anybody out there in any profession, it would drive you mad. Yeah, man, and it, it, and I, I think at, at times it did, bro. And I think it's just I just refused to be not. Like, and I just that word that I was given when I was in Chicago, like I didn't. I was like, I know God's not a liar. Like I know that this is true. I know that this is gonna come, no matter how long it takes. I just got to continue to just put the work in, you know, and I think for me, you know, just always trying to look at the positives, you know, okay, I'm on the team, I'm on the 53 man roster. I'm I'm getting the NFL check, you know, um, I'm able to provide, I'm able to pay my bills. I'm able to travel. I'm able to do all these things that I want to do, but it's like, you know, at that same time, it's like F all that. Like I want to play, like I want to get what I rightfully earn. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's not like, I'm going up to the coach and I'm telling him like I should be playing. And it's like, no, bro, like I'm earning it. Like it's literally on the tape. I'm showing you that I'm better than him at this point in the time of the season. Play me. Like I, I just, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't like put the pieces to the puzzle together. I'm like, why is this happening? Like, what is this? And so um, I think at times, bro, I did, I did have depression, man. Like I, th- I think that there was times where I, I just, you know, I would come home, you know, I wouldn't really, I wouldn't really talk to my wife. I wouldn't really, you know, and I, and I tried my best and it was just eating at me because I just knew that I was better than them. And I knew that I should have been, I knew that I should, I should have been playing. Um, But like I said, neither here nor there. I think that it was just something that I just had to, I had to go through, you know. I, yeah, I what's I it like to... when you go home? Like, how do you sit alone with these thoughts and deal with that kind of dark place? Yeah, man, I, I, I think for me, I just, just relying on my faith, you know what I'm saying? Just continue. Like I said, I, I think that, you know, always just trying to look at the positives, you know, in the situation, because at the end of the day, there's always positives in every situation. There's always a solution. Right. And so I think for me, it was like, okay, what I can do is either I got two options. I can stop working and give them the benefit of the doubt, prove them right. And they say, ah, oh, no, nah, he can't do it. He can't do this. He doesn't, he, he doesn't belong here. Prove them right or continue to put the work in and prove them wrong. And don't give them the satisfaction of cutting you or letting you go or saying, oh, he couldn't. Uh, we know that he couldn't do it. Or it's like, do you just continue to make plays, continue to, you know, finagle your way in? Just like how you've always done your whole entire life, like sneaking through the back door and continuing to just show up, continuing to just do 
you know what I'm saying, put the work in. And you got this great relationship with Larry. You got this great relationship with, with Kurt and Chase. You got guys that are around you that are uplifting you, saying that you should be playing. Like, man, like, I wish you was out there playing with me. Like, you deserve this. You deserve that. Like, and it's just like in my head, I would always hang on to those, hang on to those things because it's like an 18-year veteran who's one of the top a top three receiver in the league is not telling me that I I can play in this league just for just just to just to make me feel good like you know so I would just have to sit with those thoughts and remember you those. get the support of the more powerful person in the exactly. organization. Right. I mean it's right. I'd, I'd say Fitz knows a little bit more than Steve Kine. Exactly right. Yeah. So you know, hang, hanging over to those thoughts really, really, uh, really helped me out for sure. Yeah, bro. It's yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I forget how. I mean, they. Alone taking Andy Isabella ahead of DK Metcalf. To yeah. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Whoops. That, that, kind of, that kind of tells you, you know, that kind of tells you everything you need to know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't seen, yeah. that, that tells you everything you need to know right there. So, I mean, and Hakeem Butler's out of the NFL like in a year. Um, yeah. I don't even know what Keyshawn, I don't even know if he did anything. Yeah, I, think, I, think Keyshawn, I think Keyshawn is, he's with, he's with Buffalo. And, like, and that's what I'm saying. Like, a lot of, is he? You know, yeah, he's, wow. he's 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 with Buffalo. I think he's on the uh, the, the practice squad, and okay. I think, and I and I want to say, you know, to all those guys are, you know, all of them are good guys, and I ain't, you know, I'm not yeah, yeah. or anything like that. But I just think that, you know, when it when it you know when when it came, when it came down to it, it was just like you know at that time it was something was taken it was taken away from me, you know, for whatever re- for whatever reason, you know, it's just. How are you watching that draft? Like, are you, are you watching the draft? Are you seeing think, them take receiver after receiver? Yeah, after receiver? yeah I was watching what? it. Yeah, I was, I was watching it. But I think for me at that time, it was like, at that time, I was like, I know they're not, I know they're not better than me. Like, I, I know, I know they're not better than me. I know they're not going to outwork me. And so I went into camp and it was like, it just gave me another fire. And it was just like, okay, I'm going to have the best camp of my life. You know, catch everything thrown my way. I'm going to make plays. And that's exactly what I did. And I was like, I'm going to show them that I'm better than them. And, you know, it, it just for whatever reason, man, is like you know, it just it just didn't it it didn't it didn't go the way that it was supposed to go. Well, it's because you're not a wide receiver, you know. Exactly, you're right. Not right, as as the GM exactly. said, right. it's exactly. not who you are as a human right. being. Exactly. When you hear when you when you hear that via your your agent, it's right. uh, it's got a sting. I mean, exactly. after you if you prove it, I'm better right. than all these guys you drafted. Right, you're right. seeing it every day. Exactly, um, and then he says that. I mean, right. I, I can't imagine the motivation that's yeah, coursing bro. through your veins. Yeah, and that's and that's what I'm saying, man. Like you hear and you hear those things, you know, you hit, you get you get the motivation from hearing it, but then you also get the you get those second thoughts in the back of your head. It's like, damn, mm-hmm. like it's right, like you know, what I'm saying I'm not playing, so like it's got to be something. Is it me? Is it you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, but then it's like you just got to keep holding on to that faith, man. You got to keep holding on to the work, you know. And I think that. You know, now I've, as I've grown, you know, I know we'll, we'll dive more into that, you know, once I get into San Fran. But, you know, being able to just kind of just control the things that I can control and everything like that. So, so yeah. Yeah, how was San Francisco when you, when yeah. you got there then? What what happened next? Yeah, so I got to San Fran and, um, man, I had, had another really good camp, like balled out in camp, you know, put in, put in a lot of work. San Francisco actually was the year um, where I first – um actually uh I'm sorry so my second year no my third year um going into my third year I I took the summer to go train with Larry like we like we talked about and um 
that 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 second year that well, that fourth year going to San Francisco, I took Larry's um I took Larry's trainer and I had him write me up a program and I, I was like I told myself that's how I was going to train, you know, from here on out. Hmm. And um so that that fourth year I hit it hard, trained hard, and it kind of gave me a breath of fresh air because I was going to somewhere different. I was going to a new building, I was going around new coaches and everything like that. So I was like, okay, you know, maybe maybe these coaches will be able to see that, you know, I can play, you know, they'll they'll get me out there and I can play. And um, you know, I get there, um, had a great OTAs, same thing, great phase one, all those different things, had had a great time there. Um I actually stayed in um I stayed I stayed in San Francisco and did the training there. Um while I was there, did the the whole off season training there. Um trained really hard, did what I was supposed to do, body was in shape, mind was right, everything like that. Going to camp, kill it in camp. Had a really, really good camp. Um, it's like the same thing again, bro. Scored a touchdown in the first preseason game. Like second game played really, really well. Third game played really, really well. Um, and then I ended up starting um the first game against Detroit. Scored the first touchdown of the season. And so I'm thinking in my head, like, okay, this is it. Cause I done made it past preseason. You know what I'm saying? I done made it past this. So now I'm starting. And uh we get to Philly, get to Philly week. Um, and we stay out on the West Coast. And um uh my receiver coach, you know, he comes up to me and he tells me, he's like, Man, like, you know, they don't um the um the coaches they don't they don't wanna they you're you're not starting anymore because they're wondering why an undrafted guy the the media, they want to get the media off the team's back because they want to know why an undrafted guy is playing over a first rounder and so I'm like bro hey, there's no way that this is happening again like there's Who no tells way to, you this so what Wes, Wes Walker tells me this my oh, receiver oh, receivers coach yeah receivers coach in San Francisco. Oh my God. And so he tells me this and, um, and, and I know it's, it's, it has, it has nothing, it has nothing to do, you know, with Wes. I don't know it wasn't him. He, I know he was told, um, to come and tell me that. And so, um, at that time, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm looking, I'm like, 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 what, what are you talking about? Like, what, what media? What, what are you talking about? So they had me go talk to the media about, um, you know, about this whole competition thing between me and the other receiver and that, you know, how like basically almost kind of like copping, copping the whole organization out, like almost kind of like downplaying like what I've done to get everybody to back off. And so when, so they're, they're telling you what to say, like coaching you up on here's what you, the message. Well, yeah, they, well, just kind of, yeah, they're just kind of. It just yeah, they were just basically kind of just like you know, hey, this is what the media is saying, you know, you know, just kind of just say, hey, no, no, there's not, that's not going on, you know, you know that, that this is this is what's going on. I'm like, okay, like, like all right, like whatever, like I, I have no idea what's even going on here. So I'm just okay, cool. So I go talk to him, and, and then after that game, um, you know, I I didn't play, I didn't play the, the set the third game, I didn't play at all on offense, played only special teams, um, and then um that. That that same the same that so yeah after that happened I kind of went back into like that hole again. I'm like bro, like here we go again, bro. Like and here it is again. And so, but the thing that was different was in San Francisco that was in 
you know, in with with Arizona, um, was that they actually they actually allowed me they actually utilized me and they wanted me to play, you know, for blocking and stuff like that. And then we'll kind of touch on that when we get to Miami, you know. Um, you know, I would go in, I would block, you know, do dirty work, stuff like that. So I was appreciative, you know, of that, that I was able to play. But at the same time, I still kind of had like this sour taste in the back of my mouth. Like, like, man, like, like, bro, like I won, I won the job. Like, why, like what happened? Like, I didn't do anything to lose it, you know? So why did it get so taken? You won the, the starting job in training camp. Won the starting job in training camp. I won, I won, I won a starting job. What I won, I won one starting, uh, at least one of the three. I won one of the three starting jobs. And I'm trying to think it's like well, there's Debo's there. Yeah, Debo was there. Ayuk would have been Ayuk, the first yeah. round pick, I'm guessing. That Brandon was there. Yeah, Brandon Ayuk was there. And then I think we had uh we had uh Muhammad Sanu. He was there as well, too. Um the uh, older guy who was there. And so I think the thing that was different about I think, you know, you know, to to San Francisco's credit, you know, Shanahan didn't bring me in, you know. Um uh, the 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 uh, the special teams coordinator brought me in, and so when I get brought in, I'm not necessarily, you know, Shannon. I'm not I'm not Shanahan's guy. I'm not I'm not a receiver. You know what I'm saying? So, and so when I get there and they see that I can play receiver, they're like, "Oh shoot, like that's cool. Like that's what's up. Like this guy can really play receiver. Like he's not, just not a special teams guy. Like I don't think they were really expecting that out of me. And so get there, play, you know, do what I'm supposed to do. Um, and then it just, it just doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't really pan out for whatever reason. Now I will say that I did have, that I did have games, you know, where I did start, I did play, I stepped in, you know, behind Debo, Debo, I think Debo missed one game I played for him in Seattle, played there. So that was actually more, that was a better position than what I was in Arizona because there was times where guys went down in Arizona and I was supposed to be playing and they still found a way not to play me. And so like, it had to be every man down to be for me to play in Arizona. Like I remember we played in Arizona the last game, my last game, Fitz went down with COVID. Kirk went down with COVID. We had another guy go down. So it was like, I, nah, we ain't got a choice. Now we got to put him out. We got to put him out there. <laughs> so like, and so I went out and, and then I went out that game. And I had like, I think I had like four, four grass for like 60 something yards or something like that. So like, That's you know, funny. I do a show with Isaiah McKenzie here in yeah. Buffalo and like, his it's the one chance he got at New England last season. It was the same yeah. thing. Only yeah. everybody else got COVID. Yeah. That's the only reason he played and he right. won in the game. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. And so um so yeah, so that was the that's the difference between, you know, the Niners and, you know, what had happened in uh Arizona. You know, it's just you know, I think it was just more more so of a thing that, you know, I just wasn't, you know, um, you know, a, a coach's guy or whatever it may be. And um, you know, they, they already had their guys, they already had their plan anyway. You know, I think they were kind of signing me more to be a special teams guy, you know, which is perfectly fine. And, you know, but I came in, I did what I was supposed to do, balled out. And, you know, it just, it just, it just didn't, it didn't go the way that it was supposed to. And, um, granted, you know, like I said, I was still able to play. Like I went from, I don't even know what percentage of snaps that I was playing in Arizona. It couldn't even be, it couldn't even have been when I was playing in San Francisco, but San Francisco, I played like 21% of offensive snaps and um, which was a huge jump from, you know, from, from AZ. And so um, for that, you know, it was, it was, that was another positive, right. That was another positive for me to just keep on going, keep on going, even though it was like, okay, another, something else was taken away from, you know, opportunities were taken away from me again. Um, So, 
So yeah, that was that I mean, was kind of win the job. You're a starter, and you get the ball thrown to you 20 times all season for nine catches. Like that's yeah. if you if, if you're if you're winning a job, that that shouldn't right. be the case. I mean, yeah. I, you're a positive, optimistic guy, so I guess that's yeah. why we're sitting here yeah. talking. Yeah. But yeah, and that's what I was saying. Most people. Yeah, and that's what I was saying. In San Francisco, like there were and there was there was, there were times that I feel like mentally, like going into games and stuff like that, like I wasn't in the right place. Like I, I like I allowed what happened to kind of take over me mentally. Like that was the time where I felt like kind of gave me what's going on. Cause in Arizona, I didn't really allow it to happen because I still had the special teams and everything like that. But it got to that point. It was just like, bro, like, come on, bro. Like, is this just going to keep happening? Like year after year, after year, after year. And I kind of, kind of went into a shell there. So it was like, there was, there were times where I had opportunities and I didn't make them count, you know what I'm saying? In games and stuff like that. And so that was a big learning, learning lesson for me because it was like, Okay, bro, like at the end of the day, like you still gotta go out, you still gotta go make your plays, you know, like because no matter what's happening outside of that, you gotta go make your plays. And so that's what kind of adopted, you know, the whole mindset that I have now with, you know, signing with Miami and doing, you know, being able to play in Miami. So yeah. Yeah, before Miami, like when you're in your hole again, what does that look like? I mean, how how down were you at this point with San Francisco? Yeah. I, I mean, I I was I would honestly say, man, like it was it was I think it was actually tougher in San Francisco because I didn't have those guys. I didn't have those guys around me. Like I didn't have Fitz. I didn't right. have, you know, what I'm saying? I didn't have uh, Kirk. I didn't have Chase. And so it was so actually. Is your tough. wife with you out there? Yeah, like, so my wife, yeah, my wife came, yeah, my wife came with me, um, you know, when we were in California. And it was actually tough. It was actually tough. It was actually much tougher, bro. Um Just literally just searching for answers. I'm like, bro, like what is going on? Like I know that I can play. Like just what's going on? I just I just knew that, you know, like I said, just looking at positives again. Like okay, like all right, like at least we're progressing. Like we're on a new team. Like we're playing a little bit more offense. Like okay, you still playing special teams. Like okay, that's that's fine. But um, you know, I knew there was more for me. I knew there was more for me. It was just more so just about just sticking to that faith and just continue to put the work in, no matter what. Like that next year, that that next, that going into that off season, we stayed in California. Um, before we had actually got to go to, um, you know, like free agency and stuff like that. We didn't, we, I kind of figured that I wasn't coming back. Um, I just, you know, still worked, still was working out in San Francisco, still working out in San Francisco and Cali, still putting the work in. I was just like, man, I just got to work. Like no matter where else we go, like I just got to put the work in and just be ready for, you know, for the opportunity. Because yeah. if I'm not like, like, that's all I'm saying. Like if, if the opportunity, I always told myself, if the opportunity doesn't present itself, it's not going to be because I wasn't, I'm not prepared. Like that's something that I wouldn't be able to live with. Like I would much rather somebody tell me that, yeah, bro, we're not playing you because we want to see other people play and me win the job as opposed to they tell me, yeah, you're not playing because you're just not good or you're not, you wasn't prepared. Like that's not happening. You know what I'm saying? So that was kind of like my whole mind frame. You know, that's what I just kept falling back on is like, you know, either you're going to be trained or you're going to be untrained, you know. So that was kind of like my whole motto. So then, I mean, Mike McDaniel is there. He he sees you. He yeah. saw something in you, right? I mean, yeah. you're on the yeah. coordinator and yeah. becomes a head coach in Miami. And how did that opportunity come to be? And I yeah. imagine when you go to Miami, it's like, okay, right. special teams, fun right. and all. But may, maybe right. I could be a part of things yeah. on this offense. That, that'd yeah. be kind of nice. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and so we're in San Francisco. Um, at the time when we're going through um, uh, free agency once again, you know what I'm saying? And so 
Um, we're going through free agency, going through free agency, and um, and it was crazy because I felt like no no team had offered for me to come to their like no no team was in like negotiations. I'm like, I'm thinking in my head like, I'm like, why like, I went from Arizona. I had three or four teams wanting me to come and play for them, and then. You know, I play more on offense. I make some plays, you know, you know, on offense. You know, I show that I can play. Bunch of buzz, you know, in training camp about, you know, third receiver, all that type of stuff. So I'm like, I'm pretty sure there's a team out there that's like, he can, he can play. But, lo and behold, it was only one team was interested, bro. And it was really the, the Raiders at the time. And so the Raiders, we're talking to the Raiders. We're about to do it. We're about to get a deal done. And they don't get back in touch with my agent. And so... The crazy part was Miami. Um, the Miami had a receiver who they were wanting to sign back, and they were saying that if they signed him back, then they obviously didn't want me. And so it was crazy because I'm like, okay, I'm, we're going to we're going to Las Vegas, we're going to the Raiders. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, cool, that's where we're going. But then I go to look at my phone, and the receiver that Miami said they wanted to sign went to the Raiders, huh. and so. I'm like, okay, cool. So they reach out, my agent reached out to Miami and they're like, you know, you know, do you guys want to train it? Like, yes, absolutely. Like we want it. So I'm like, all right, this is the best, this is the best opportunity. So I go sign with Miami. I sign. Um, and so this time around, you know, I'm kind of in my head, like, and I, and I, and to me, I kind of feel like, like God kind of gave me just one option. It was like, this is where you need to go. Like, you know, I'm not gonna give you no other options because this is this is where you need this is where you need to go. And so um we get here, um, you know, I kinda adopt the mindset of just like, you know what, no matter what happens, like I'm just gonna continue to put my put one foot in front of the other. Like I'm not going to I'm not going to I because th- I think a lot of the times when I was when I was training and when I was um working out for the you know, for other you know, with the other teams, I was attaching my um my emotions to results. And when my, the results didn't come, my emotions would go up and down like a roller coaster. And so this time, you know, going into, you know, for this team, I was like, you know what, I'm not going to attach. I'm not going, I'm not, I'm not going to attach my result. I'm not going to attach my emotions to my results this, this year. Like I'm just going to put the work in and just let the chips fall where they may like, just let's just, let's just go to work. And that's it. So I go to work, put the work in, had a really, really good camp again. Same thing. Really great preseason. Same thing. And then, like, I'm playing a lot on offense. Like, they got me involved, like, blocking, all those different things. And I'm going to rewind, actually. Get to Miami. We actually, me and my wife, we actually come and sign a contract with Miami. Looks my wife in her eyes, sits us down on the couch and tells us, like, look, like, Trent, I know what you've been through. Um... I know what type of player you are. I know what you can do. And I'm letting you know right now that you want you ain't gotta worry about no politics here. Like you you you're, you're gonna get the chance to be able to compete and to to be able to win to to compete for a job. And when he said that, that was like, okay, that's like, you know what I'm saying? Like that's that's all I need to hear. Was just, I was just gonna get a fair shot. And Mike did it. Like he 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 pulled on his word. I came in, I put in the word. And, you know, I was playing, I was playing in the first three games, you know, as the fourth receiver, um, but still playing a lot, still playing like 25 to 30 snaps, you know, um, they had me in on blocking plays, you know, that's how I kind of, 
you know, made my mark on offense at first was like just being a good, really, really good blocker. Um, but go to the third game, I start to, I start, I started the number three spot and then I just hold it all the way through. And, um, you know, it was just like kind of just like my year. I was like, man, look, this has got to be the year where I prepare myself, you know, to where I want to be because this whole entire time, this is the, the opportunity that I've been looking for, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, it was, it was just so, like I told Mike, I was just so grateful that, you know, he was, you know, willing to, you know, give me what I had rightfully earned, you know? And um, I think it was just so fitting that, you know, I'm here in Florida. My wife ends up getting pregnant. My wife is from Orlando, um, two hours down the road. Her mom was able to come help out with the birth and everything like that. And so that's why I was like, I kind of felt like God was just like, this is where you need to be because this is what's going to happen, you know, in the future. Like you're going to have a baby, you know, you're going to be, you're going to, you know, excel in this offense as a number three and, you know, all those different things. And so, um, you know, up and up the journey up until this point has been so like bittersweet, you know, it's just like, and all through those, all through that journey, like I've been able to grow and mature as a person, you know, be able to handle my emotions, be able to, you know, look at things differently in a different light, you know, look at the lead, you know, you know, not in a, you know, it has its negatives, but it also has its positives and everything like that. But, you know, going through everything that I went through, like, you know, I'm not, salty about anything I'm not you know I'm not you know bitter about what happened with San Fran I'm not bitter about what happened about you know Arizona because that's going through those things made me who I am today and not going through those things like I wouldn't want to have I wouldn't have wanted to have a baby in Arizona on the west coast way 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 away from my family or you know he, you know what I'm saying and you got to look at those organizations now like they're going through new coaching coaching hires and you know, all those different things and stuff like that. So it's just like, you know, I just feel like God placed me like right where I needed to be at the right time, at the right moment. And so, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun being able to play for Mike. Um, you know, I hope, I, I hope I'm able to come back, you know, that's, that's the, that's the prayer. And like, I'm, I'm just so grateful that I'm now I'm able to, I've put myself and put my family in a position to be able to, you know, sign a second contract, you know, teams have already been reaching out and trying to see, you know, if I want to come there and, you know, all those different things were just a year ago, it was just like only one team offered, you know? And so yeah. for me, it's just like, it was just all about the opportunity. And so now it's just like compounding that and just continuing just to grow off of that. So, yeah. yeah. So it took, uh, that would have been Mac Hollins, I want to say, right. That yeah. was in Vegas. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So that yep. kind of yep. opened yep. up, opened up that spot and yep. all guys want is honesty and a fair shot in, in the That's NFL. It. That's it. Just be upfront. Like no That's games, it. no bullshit. We That's don't need it. the rah-rah speeches. You know, we don't need the fake tough guy routine. Just yeah. give me a fair shot. Let me w- win a job. Best man win. Whatever that's position. It. Exactly. And that's, that's why what people saying. love Mike, right? Like, that's what exactly. he's all about. Correct. And that's that's what that's what's so cool, man. Like, and I think the whole the whole team, the whole team is like that. Like, if you can play, you're going to play. Like, you know what I'm saying? You get a guy like River Craycraft who, you know, in other situations probably wouldn't play. You know what I'm saying? Like, a guy who's – you know, was in, you know, was in San Francisco who was up and down on the roster, coming up and down, coming up and down, coming up and down, and they would cut him. And then they'll call him, you know, I remember one story told me, you said they, they cut him and he was leaving. He's on the highway. And then they're like, hey, we want to sign you back. He turns back around and comes back. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you'll get guys that come here and Mike, you know, really gives them a fair shot. And, like, you know, Riv goes out and he has two touchdowns in critical games where we win. And, you know, you just – I'm just saying, just do right by people, man. You know what I'm saying? Nobody is saying that, 
nobody's saying that, hey, like nobody's owed anything or deserved anything. But when you lay the ball out there and if a guy beats a guy, if a guy, if a guy wins out, wins a job, like you give it to him. If he loses a job, then that's on him. Like it's just, it's just all about just the opportunity. So, so yeah. Yeah. I know, I know you weren't in Miami the year before, but man, when I yeah. was down there for that Tua story, did yeah. not sound like it was the same yeah. state of affairs with coach yeah. Brian Flores. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's what I, that's what you I've probably heard the horror stories yourself. That's what I've heard too. That's exactly what I've heard. Um, I mean, that's huge though. That, that, and I, I know things kind of went off the rails there mid season, but you guys had injuries. I mean, yeah. God, hope two was okay with all his, yeah. his concussions. Yeah. Which it sounds like he's on the road to recovery yep. and, and wants to, I guess he wants to play football, which is number one. It's up to yeah. him. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you guys have a good thing cooking yeah. in Miami, man. I mean, what does it look like day to day there with, yeah, what, with, with what you've built? Uh, because I think it's yeah. one of, I mean, you guys almost, you almost beat the bills here, you know, 15 yeah. minutes away from my house here. And, and again, yeah. nobody gave you a shot in hell. I mean, that would have been one of the biggest upsets in playoff history. That just yeah. that just says a lot about the culture there and in, in general that the, the fact that you're in that game overall. Right. Yeah, yeah, man. I would say that, man. We're we're building something really, really special. That's why I say like I'm I'm really hoping that you know that I'm able to come back and, um, like I I think our window is just like wide open to win the Super Bowl. Now I think that this year you know is it's, you know I feel like every team has a window you know and I think that this this team has a you know a wide open window to go and compete you know for a Super Bowl for a Super Bowl for years to come and um. You know what we're building is special, man. Like Tua is a great player. Like you know, I think, I think, I, I think he's been fully cleared, if I'm not mistaken. He's obviously he wants to play. You know, we've talked. Um, you know, he's 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 talked about you know having me back, wanting me to come back, and everything like that. And you know, playing with Tyreek, playing with Waddle, like, and we just have a few, a few, a few, a few issues that we got to fix. You know, just like every other team does. And I think once we get those things corrected, and once we're able to really establish like a dominant culture. Um, I know, obviously, I know the whole Vic Vangio thing. I don't even know if he's the DC or not. I've been hearing that he is. I don't know if he is. I don't know what's going on with that. But like being able, to, a, being able to get yeah, he's um, a wizard, man. Yeah, he's, exactly. You know, being able to get you know potentially have somebody like that and have Mike on the offensive side. It's like, bro, like there's so much damage that we could do, you know, as a team. And so, um, and it's just, a, I think it's, a, I think it's an exciting time to be, you know, a Miami Dolphin. I think what was really cool about it, like. Nobody, I feel like nobody was talking about Miami as far as like a team, you know, years prior. And I feel like now, like, you got to talk about the Dolphins. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like we've, we've done a really good job of flipping the organization upside down, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and turning the culture into, you know, into a, into a competing, um, a competing organization. And so, um, I'm excited about it for sure. I know. I mean, I mean, you had the big year, 417 yards, a couple touchdowns, the 75-yarder against San Francisco had to be pretty sweet. I didn't even ask yeah, you about that, was, that. I mean, yeah, that was little, dope. Little vengeance, sir. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was dope for sure. Absolutely. Um, is there any like small part of you that's like, um, like bracing for impact? Like you're a free agent. They can yeah. flirt with other players. They can, they've got a draft. They've got an opportunity to get all these other receivers. It's like, oh shit, not yeah. again, yeah. not again. Yeah. Like you, you see yeah. it, guys. You see it. You know what I can do, yeah. right? I, I think I think a little part of me does, and that, and especially in this time frame, man, like it's been it's been a little bit of worrisome. But I think you know having with a my baby son, on top of it, exactly, right? Like it right, changes exactly, everything. Yeah. Exactly. I think I think having my son, and I think you know trusting in the fact that Mike stood on his word, 
um, from the beginning of the, the season. I think that you know, I, yeah. I think that you know, I would I would like to think that you know, he would want me back. But I know I also know too that business is business, you know. And I think for me, the main the main objective is that I've I was I'm I was able to put myself in position to be able to go somewhere and contribute on offense. And that's it. I think for me, the whole thing that I've just been you know praying for and asking for is just to continue just for the opportunity. Because I know now, okay, we already know what I can do with the opportunity. So now it's like, let's just keep on, you know, keep praying for that. Let's keep working for that. And, you know, whatever team, you know, does get me, they know what they're going to get. You know, you see the tape, you see the film. Um, and But I would love more than nothing but to do it here, you know, with, with the guys that are on this team. You know, Tua is a great individual. Every, everybody on the team, man, is just just great guys. Like this, this, this place feels like home to me, you know, like – you know, it feels like, you know, all those other teams that I was on, like it just it just none of none of the none of the 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 none of the you know the organizations, you know, compared to this this type of feel. Um, you know, to to being around the guys that we have and um, you know, just you know, the the type of staff that is around the building and coaching staff and everything like that. And so um this feels like home, but um, you know, it definitely does it is a little bit worrisome, you know, the kind of see what's going to happen, but um, we'll see. I think, I think the main thing is that now that the, the tape is out there and that's, that's, that's always been the goal for people to see and um, people to realize, okay, like, yeah, he plays special teams, but no, he definitely can play receiver because it's right here on tape. You know, I feel like other years that, you know, it wasn't on tape, so you couldn't really see it. Yeah. I had all the practice tape, but nobody's watching that. You know what I'm saying? People want to see real game tape. And so it's like, now you can't you can't you can't say that I can't play receiver. You can't say that now, you know. So that's the that's the that's the good thing about it. I mean, t- talk about you know the proofs and pudding. Like they they signed a receiver to a three year, twenty two million dollar contract. Cedric Wilson, yeah. Yeah. you know, I, I'm sure he's a very very good receiver. We saw it in Dallas. There's a reason yeah. they gave him all that money. But yeah. Mike was true to his word, right there. Absolutely, there it is. Right. You're, you're, sure. you're not making no twenty two mil over three years. Like it'd be right. so easy. For any coach, any GM to be to do exactly what Arizona did, right? We drafted these guys, or we signed these guys. They're going to play. Screw this undrafted, you know, yeah. dude from nowhere, Illinois, right? Not, exactly. from, you know, via Vanderbilt. Yeah. Yeah. Play. But yeah. I think that's. And I got the same feel out there in, in Miami. It just is yeah. such a good atmosphere. You just yeah. get the sense that this team's set up to win for a long time. And Absolutely. Yeah, it'd, it'd be a great spot to be. I mean, what's so just finally, and, and I can't thank you enough for hanging out this long. Jeez, with a baby. No how, how is life as a dad? Like it's good, man. I love it. Bit, but. I love it. I love it, man. It's it's a lot of fun, bro. I think it's it's definitely been. I think it's 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 taken a lot of taking a lot of thoughts of you know free agency and everything like that off of me. Um, you know, all those things have have take it's it's taken it's taken away. Um, you know, all the worrisome and all that stuff, and so it's been good to. Yeah you know, just hang out with him and, you know, spend time with him and, you know, just kind of reflect on the dad that I want to be and, you know, be, be the man, you know, what I want to be for my son and everything like that. So it's been a lot That's of fun. Awesome. Excited. I'm I'm really, I'm really over the whole baby phase. I'm excited. I'm over the newborn phase because I'm, I'm tired of not sleeping and I'm tired of him crying all the time because I really want to just be older and play. I want to play with him, but then. <laughs> Do you sleep at all? <laughs> yeah, no, nah, he ain't, he's not sleeping that much. He sleep. He sleeps a little bit during the day, so his circadian rhythm is obviously off. So, like, his daytime is, you know, his nighttime. So, he sleep all through the day. Then his nighttime is the daytime. Like, yesterday, bro, he was up from, like, he was up from, like, 2 to 5, just wide awake. 
Like literally just wide awake. So um but the good thing is he's not that much of a crier. Like he, you know, he's like he'll he'll just he'll just be wide awake. He won't, you know, he'll just he'll just look at you. He won't cry or anything. Oh, that's but, that's that's yeah, so it's not yeah, so it's not it's, Yeah, it's it's not it's not that bad. Um but we gotta try to figure out how to get this creative rhythm, you know, in place for sure. Maybe are you into a show? Like, what do you do from two to five? So I've been, so, I've been so Survivor has been my show. I've been watching Survivor. Survivor. <laughs> I've been watching. That's fitting lot. for you. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Survivor, so that's been dope. And I'm I'm also like a big movie guy too. So like, I watch a lot of movies. But um, I think it's 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 good though, bro, because it's like I don't have to be up. I don't have to be anywhere. So it's like that's the good thing about it. Like I don't have to be up and go to work. And I don't know how guys do it. Like. During the season, I mean, like, if you're if you're gonna lose a playoff game, this isn't a bad time with a newborn. Can you imagine if you're like about to play in the Super Bowl right now? Exactly, bro. Like that'd be so that'd be so wild. So, um, so yeah, it's 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 been it's been dope, bro. So now we just we in the process. We about to start packing up the packing up the houses right now. We're renting, and then we're gonna uh, probably go to an Airbnb for a couple of months and just um, wait out wait it out in free agency. If we come back here, we're gonna buy a house, stay here, and then. Wherever we we'll go, if we go somewhere else, we'll we'll, we'll figure it out. That that's I mean, it's it, you say it so casually, like that'd be so stressful. Like right, I feel like right now it's, it's exciting times. You know what I'm saying? Like right, right, it's exciting. Yeah. So so because you know it, it'd be different. You know if you know if we didn't have the resume attached to it. You know so um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited, man. Well, what's next for Trent Turfield then? The goon, I don't know. Maybe there's another nickname I didn't hear. Yeah, no, that's that's fine too. That's that's. I fine. like it. And what, what's yeah. next for you then? Because everybody's been counting you out, so yeah. what, you know you better than anybody. Yeah, I, I think for I think for me, honestly, man, I'm I'm honestly really just scratching the surface. I think that you know what I've showed this past season is not even close to what I'm going to do in this league. Um, you know, I'm continue just to stay, stay, you know, continue to work hard, continue to just do the things that I've always stuck to, stick true to who I am, you know, stick true to my faith, continue to, you know, believe in myself. Um, you know, uh, now, now it's, now it's about being the best, being the best dad that I can possibly be for my son, um, you know, create generational wealth for my family and, um, you know, just continue to make these plays. And um, like I said, I, I truly believe I've been, I've, I've had a lot of time to really just kind of think about, you know, my career, you know, how it's going and, you know, just my overall thing, what I've been through and everything like that. And, you know, to finally get the opportunity uh, to go out and play and um, and, and make plays is, has been really dope. But I think that, you know, there's way more out there for me to go get. And um, I'm excited. I'm really excited. I I, I feel my, feel my, like my work ethic kind of going to another level. You know, I've, you know, I thought, I thought it would get to a point where like, ah, like, nah, you, you've, kind of capped out but it's like nah like there's there's more there's more to go get and there's a lot more people are going to go see a lot more people will see for sure I mean you mentioned all these other people like your grandmother Larry Fitzgerald like the coach in college now now it's your son that's going to like just tap into that that beast within and push you to to, that that, that's like the greatest motivator anybody could ask for is when you're holding a baby in the middle of the night and you're an NFL player and you've got a chance to like you said create generational wealth, give him something to look up to. Absolutely. I got it. I can't imagine that, that, that being a motivator, how, how big that is. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for it, man. I, I think about it all the time and um, I, I just know the, the, I, the, the work is always, the work is always the proof, you know, it's always, it's held this, 
it's held up, it's held up this long for me, you know, even going through all the trials and tribulations that I've been and been through. And, um, you know, for me, the, the formula that I use, it works, you know, and it's, that's, that's God work and that's family. And that's, that's, that's what I stick to. And I know that for sure that, you know, you know, whether, you know, prayerfully it's, it's, it's in Miami or if it's, if it's somewhere else, like I'm always going to be me no matter where I'm at. 